Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Ronnie Gordon was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia in 2003. Over a period of six years, she went through four stem cell transplants, which involves intensive chemotherapy each time. I was diagnosed in um, March 2003. Um, I was a runner, and um, I didn't really notice symptoms, but my friends who I was running with, um, especially one, said I was having a little trouble keeping up with her. And later people said, I asked them why I was so tired, but um, it, I thought it was because I uh, was divorced and I had primary custody of three kids still in school. Mm-hmm. I was working full time and on a tennis team and running around. And so I attributed it to that. And um, then I ran a 10K um race and um, my time was about 10 minutes slower than it usually was and I didn't feel well at all. Um, I got to write about it for the New York Times lives page so that was a a sort of byproduct a little prize but um, (laughs) uh, I thought it was kind of strange and that maybe I wasn't training well but I remember going home jumping in the shower and running to a performance that my daughter was in. And the friend who I was sitting next to later said, she, I said, also, why am I so tired? And I went to my doctor probably early the next week. Um, I thought I wasn't training well or I needed to eat better. And he did a blood test and just to be sure. And, um, he said my blood counts were not what they were supposed to be, but he didn't want to worry me. We could do it again. Maybe it was a vitamin deficiency, and he did the test again, and um, he said things didn't look right and sent me to a, a local um, hematologist, and I remember walking in there and seeing pamphlets about blood cancer and thinking, well doubt that has anything to do with me and um did a bone marrow biopsy which was pretty awful and um then he called me a few days later I just played tennis and for some reason at that point I must have thought about leukemia because I remember playing tennis and saying to whoever I was playing with this can't possibly have leukemia and I'm really not even sure how that entered my mind, um, maybe from the brochures. Mm. So he called and he said, um, well, I'd call you in, but you know, you'd know that that wasn't good. And, um, so he said, you have leukemia, acute myeloid leukemia, which sounds worse than chronic leukemia. Um, in some ways that I know it is worse because it's very aggressive. Um, it could kill you pretty quickly if you don't get treated. Um, but he said, chronic never goes away and, um, you can be treated. And, um, 
Well, I, I don't know if you want to ask me some more questions because I could go keep going on. Yeah, well, I, I, you can keep going on. It's, it's, I'm right there with you. Um, but I, I do know that in your bio it says you've had four stem cell transplants. Yes, this is true. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've done some research because I've written about it, and I've talked to people at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and asked them if they knew of anyone who had four, and they said they heard of three, and I looked around, and three does does happen. Um, there, at Dana-Farber, they said there might be one with four. They were trying to locate this person to see if he wanted to talk to me, but um, well, that never happened. Um, I never found him, so I, I... You know, you hate to use the word unique, but it might be they put you in the hospital and kind of knock down your immune system, which is what the chemo does, and they send you home to recover, and then you go back, do it a few times. Um, And in between that, I got um, a dangerous fungus in my lung, aspergillus. While I had that um, fungus, I went with my tennis friends to a a tournament and um, I didn't have any hair as um, I had this little fungal ball in my lung contained by a drug called voriconazole, the vori and um, they said I could play and so I did and my partner and I won which was kind of a peak moment. I still have the tennis balls and then I got the surgery which was horrible (laughs) and then I got that transplant um September 18th 2003 because I looked it up um and do you you know that you know the different kinds of transplants right I do but if you want to describe them that would be great well so that was um with my own cells that um autologous and um, after the last round of chemo, you know, the second round, I guess, when you pretty much assume that all the bad things are destroyed, they um, take out your cells, freeze them, and um, then after this big blast of chemo at the end, um, they give them back to you, and that kind of restores you to your functioning person personhood and um so i did ask like what if a bad guy sneaks in and they said well it's unlikely to happen because it seems to work so i i had the year of isolation and um then i went back to work at my newspaper job and um he had said after two years you can break out the champagne very unlikely for it to return and um, five years you're cured, and then it was like three and a half, almost four, another tennis tournament. I won with a partner, and then I didn't want to play again, and she thought that was odd. But um, in any case, it returned after three and a half years. So I had to go through the whole thing again, 
Gosh, and this time they got me a donor, and um, I just knew it was a guy somewhere because um, you can't find out who it is until years pass. Mm-hmm. And then after six months, um, I I didn't feel well, and I I went in and they did a bone marrow biopsy, and I had the graft failure, so I hadn't relapsed. But the way I look at it is like uh, he packed up his suitcases and left because there was like (laughs) nothing there. And I was sick and they didn't quite know what to do with me. So first they had to get me better. And that took a while of infusions of this and that. And um, they said that was a fluke and he was a good match. So he donated again. Wow. And then six months after that... I relapsed, and um, the doctor said uh, it wasn't really that bad. There's just a little, and they could give me something strong and find me another donor. And at that point, I he said, well, I'd understand if you don't want to do it again. I said, well, of course I want to do it. But I was really, I just thought, it was winter. It was horrible. I thought that was the end of the road. I kept saying, I just kept saying, I'm never going to see my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sick and um, didn't feel, I felt horrible. I had fainted. Um, so I went to the hospital and I, I wrote one of my posts, always bring a lamp. My sister's idea was to have a lamp in the room. So anytime I went, I dragged my lamp. It made a lot of difference. And, um, I have a nurse story. I love the nurses. I went and found a nurse that I liked or loved. And I, I said, what am I going to do? She said, you can have your pity party for a day. Then you put your boxing gloves on. So I did. And they gave me a rabbit serum. Uh, I wrote down the name somewhere. The initials are ATG. And, you know, the nurses were great. They actually made a joke. They said it was shake and bake, um, which makes you shake, like, insanely. And they give you Demerol, which is lovely. And then they give you more drug. And it uh, knocked out the leukemia. They found me another donor. And which is pretty lucky because I'm Jewish and um, I know from my research that that pool of donors is was decimated a lot uh, worldwide through the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So I got a, a donor and um, I got the stem cells and it, things were pretty good. So it took the chimerism, whatever they read was great and my body uh, didn't think it was such a great idea, and I got a um, big infection, and I went into kidney failure, and I went into a coma, and the doctor called the family in and said I might not make it through the night, and that I might or I might not. So obviously I did, and... Um, I was probably in a coma as a kidney uh, induced, kidney failure induced coma, 
And I remember the doctor on call, and I woke up, and her face was kind of looking down at me, and she was just so sweet. She said, I know you're confused. It's going to be okay. And I couldn't speak for a while. I couldn't walk. And another nurse um, got me to get my voice back. She told me I was going to say her name out loud, loudly, before the end of the night. So I did. Hmm. And then I was in the hospital for three and a half months. And I seriously could not move. I had two nurses to turn me over. And, like, I couldn't even pick up the phone or do anything. And I remember looking at the people walking around in the in the pod out there saying, some old guy. And I said, well, I want to do that. And Myra, a tough love nurse, said, oh, yeah, right, like, not in your life, not right now. So it just took an amazing amount of energy even to walk half the way and... Uh, then I just slowly got better. I had physical therapy, and and I couldn't eat for a while. I lost a lot of weight. I just fed through a tube, and um, then I went home. And then it took a year to, or more than the normal year, to get my strength back. That was nine years ago. Wow! Here I am. <laughs> Oh, crazy, well, crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you've had nine years now with not dealing with a recurrence. Or, Well, they tell you at five years you're officially cured. And what they, they have an interesting way of saying it. They say you're no more likely than anyone else in the general public to get this. Hmm. So the five-year mark was pretty exciting. I went out to dinner with my kids and... Well, we do this every year, sing happy birthday. It's a, you know, five or a six or a seven. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm good, except for the graft versus host, which turns more into a chronic maintenance issue. I take a lot of pills, um, and I get treated for the graft versus host of the skin. But you know, I'm still in my tennis clothes. I just played tennis this morning, and I've been, as you know, writing. And I have two grandchildren and a lot of friends. And so I, I can't even explain really what happened because I think a lot of it was, you know, just luck, really, getting those calls at the right time and catching it because I was a, a runner. That's what my blog started as, you know, talking about how because I was fit and they kept saying, well, you're otherwise healthy, um, which seemed odd, but they said I like I walked out of there after the first one where other people are wheeled out. Mm. So a lot of what I write about is, you know, trying to be as fit as you can because if it wasn't for that race, I know stories of people who, like let it go much longer and um so the the title of my times lives essay was like running saved my life mm. well what has this experience taught you about yourself um 
Well, I um, I think that I I kind of worry about a lot of things. I'm kind of like a worrier, um, OCDs about a lot of things, like just worrying about things I can't control. And I went to a psychiatrist that I'd been seeing, and I said, "How am I going to deal with this? I get crazy over so many things." And he said, "Well, a lot of people." find that when they're confronted with an actual real challenge, they're up for it. And I found that I was um, up for it, that I could um, focus on what needed to get done. And um, I've realized I'm pretty resilient. And I was just talking to a friend after tennis today who had breast cancer and we said, well, you know, a lot of people say it's just changed my life. I appreciate every day. I'm not really like that. I appreciate certain things. But we both said it kind of made us more funny. Like we kind of developed a dark sense of humor, like which has helped, you know, saying, well, you know, seriously, now this other thing happened and I I could kind of be making jokes, not in the middle of something really serious, but along along the way I've kind of um, developed that probably as a coping mechanism. That sounds like a good way to cope. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if this is a matter of teaching me, you know, learning something about myself, but I found ways to calm myself down like yoga is really good for me and keeps my mind from going all over the place or well if it does go all over the place and there's usually a teacher who might just read your mind or read everybody's mind and say like you know focus on your breath uh, and um yeah so um also, being a writer has helped because, not that I have written out, like, you know, not like Al Gore inventing the internet. I didn't invent the blog, but in 2008, before everyone seemed to have a blog, I just started writing about it and then writing about other things. And I knew I could, I had a career in journalism, so I knew I could write, but I found that it helped me to write about my experiences and I was kind of surprised and I still am that people say they really like the blog that it helps them and I find I don't set out to be inspiring um and then also I'm kind of superstitious so I don't really want to jinx myself and say like oh this is all great and I make everybody inspired and um because you know uh the Jewish superstition um it's hard to pronounce the word. It's Kanahara. Like if somebody says, oh, you're playing really well in tennis or like your love life's going really well. It's like, oh, Kanahara, like something bad could be lurking around the corner. I don't want to appear as like saying, oh, I'm this big success story. But I think, um, well, I j I've joked to my friend um, who's in marketing um, about um, 
there's a little teeny thing in my ear and they are so careful with me. I have to go have the Mohs surgeon look at it. And my friend said, yeah, they're so careful with you. They they don't want to mess up a good story. And I'm like, yeah, if it's my <laughs> ear, like, did me in, that would be pretty bad. So tell me about your experience with bloodcancer.com. Why do you think it's important for people with blood cancer or, or other cancers to have an online community? Well, there isn't really that much about blood cancer. You know, there aren't, I wrote about this, like there aren't really blood cancer support groups. So you're kind of isolated. And um, so reading that other people have some of the similar challenges is helpful to me. And also I've kind of connected with somebody in London, I think, who has CML, the chronic kind. She's younger. And I just, um, you know, feel really bad about what she goes through that like it never goes away. And um, like when I first got it, there wasn't anything like this. As a matter of fact, it's kind of quaint. My doctor said, stay off the internet. <laughs> and of course, everybody's looking at everything on the internet. And so if someone is looking it up and sees that, well, there's a bunch of us and we're going on with our lives, I hope that's encouraging. I have seen some of the stem cell discussions and I, I think I hope I helped somebody who said that, you know, this person said she, I guess, was really scared. What was it going to be like? And I said, and I wrote a post about it. Well, it's actually not that big a deal. I mean, it's a big deal for your body, but it's just like a transfusion. Like it's this big mystery. And when I had it, I was pretty scared of it too. And there was nobody much to really talk to about it. So I hope that it's helpful when, you know, people pose a question and then people like me can say, well, this is what happens. I, I hope it's, it's helpful to people. Yeah, I think it absolutely is. Well, we, we are so glad that you're a part of the blood cancer community and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Well, you're welcome. Um, thanks for your interest. And you've asked good questions, so it's been fun. And I'll um, check with you on the Internet. To read Ronnie's articles and join the conversation, visit blood-cancer.com. You can find more health communities at health hyphenunion.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend or family member. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, or Spotify. <laughs>